0: Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellows Podcast. My name is Carlos. And I'm Ozzy. In this episode, we will review Keeping Up With The Joneses and Ouija Origin of Evil. We will also recap the latest episodes of Westworld, Walking Dead, and Star Wars Rebels. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Ozzy, how you doing? I'm an emotional wreck right now, Carlos.
1: Okay? The oh Walking gosh. Dead premiere is... <sighs> Took an emotional toll
0: on me. Okay? Yep, yep, yep. And <laughs> if you it's man. couldn't tell, even though I just said it at the beginning of the episode, um, we will actually be having Walking Dead recasts. We didn't think we were going to have them, but I finally convinced Ozzy to just do it. And, um, yes, the Shia LaBeouf, just do it. And now we're finally going to do it, but I am not going to be part of that, so you'll see how that kind of works once we get there. But let's just start with these movies, get these out of the way, and then we can get to all the glorious TV that happened this past weekend. Um, did you, I don't know, this was kind of an uninspiring selection of movies we had this weekend.
1: I agree, man. Um, this was just, oh gosh, this is just another disappointing weekend. Uh, of course, it's just 2016 has not been pretty for movies no, in general this really. year. Um, we've had a few surprises here and there with Kubo and, and uh, definitely Dave, Mike and Dave me wedding dates. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's just, in general, a lot of these movies have just been extremely disappointing.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it, we, we were just actually before we started recording talking about, um, our best of 2016 lists and Miles, who's in the room here today, said something. He was like, this kind of, this list is kind of a testament to how crappy this year has been for movies and how disappointing it's been. And I agree. It's been a little rough at times, but there's still been some good movies, but, Anyway, let's talk about some movies that I don't think necessarily are crappy all out, but I think they're okay. Let's start with Keeping Up With The Joneses, which I keep wanting to call this movie either Meet The Joneses or Keeping Up With The Kardashians. But it's completely I, understandable. I, I don't know why. It's just that's what keep co- keeps coming out of my mouth when I say these movies. But I think I finally got it down. Anyway, what did you think of Keeping Up With The Joneses?
1: Carlos, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you. This is another comedy where I was disappointed once again. Mm-hmm. Um, I really didn't laugh again. I mean, I had I, I have to give it. This is better than, than Zach Galifianakis' other movie that was yes. also there. I totally okay. forgot what we the name is. We can both agree on that. I totally forgot what that name is because it was such a bad film. Masterminds. Um, okay. You remember it. I don't. Um <laughs> So I, I definitely think that, that was, it was definitely better than that movie because I did at least chuckle a few times in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the – I'm going to just get into positives here. Gal Gadot and John Ham have great chemistry together. I think they were definitely a major positive in mm-hmm. this movie for me. Um, I think if they actually would have just focused on them more, I think the movie would have been better because they actually did have some uh, good comedic um, dialogue in there. So I did like those two together.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know if I necessarily had them as positive. I, I do think the performances as a whole were pretty good. Um, I don't know. I, I do agree that this movie wasn't necessarily hilarious, but I do. I think I had at some genuine some moments where I was like, that's pretty funny. To me, the other side of this movie was a lot funnier, or they at least stood out more to me. And that is um, Zach Galifianakis and Isla. Is it Isla Fisher or Isla Fisher? Isla I Fisher. Isla right? Fisher. Yeah. I, Isla, Isla Fisher. I, I don't know. But either way. Um, she, her physical comedy in this movie was actually surprised. Like, there was the one scene that we see kind of in the trailer where she, um, is kind of breaking into the Joneses' house and... She's kind of sneaking around. I I I don't know why, but I thought that was actually pretty funny just because how, like, so into it she was physically. Like, she was just, like, really going for it, and I thought that was pretty funny. And then also, Zach Galifianakis, there's one scene in, like, this really weird Chinese restaurant that – it that was the funniest scene in the entire movie for me. And Galifianakis was a real part of that, and he kind of actually reminded me why – like how talented he is as kind of a comedic actor, he was really good in this movie, in my opinion.
1: Um, I th- thought he was okay, man. It, really, it's just I'm I'm getting yeah, it's just he was. I can understand that he was a different character. He was more intelligent, but I'm just kind of getting dumb of him being like I'm not. I'm just tired of him being dumb. No, I'm just tired of him being extremely ob- oblivious to things. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, it's just. And that's a common trait with a lot of the characters that he plays. It's mm-hmm. not that he's dumb or anything, because he was actually he was actually pretty like you know, um, smart all around in this in this movie. But it's just he's so oblivious to everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just I'm getting tired of seeing that in every performance that he does. Like all his characters are just extremely
0: oblivious yeah, to everything. I, I think so that's fair. I, I do appreciate that he finally wasn't playing a super weird character. Like, that's kind of, because it worked so well in The Hangover, which was really like his, I, it's basically his breakout role, correct? At least to the main, to the main movie going audience. He kind of got into like a, a rut where that's all the all those weird roles that's all he would do and I think this was at least somewhat breaking out of that so that's why I appreciated
1: it yeah I mean I, I do I did like his character um, and, and I did like his performances as, as a character again mm-hmm. but it's just him being just oblivious to everything was yeah, just that's fair. again annoying I do like I did I did think Isla Fisher was fantastic in the movie I, I, Just some of the things that she did was great mm-hmm. Um, she was definitely again she was a comedic factor I, I do think that the chemistry that she had was Zach Galifianic is was also great I, I do think that the four all around in general did have good chemistry together
0: yeah i think that's fair um, i would say and this is something this is kind of going to lead us into our negatives. unless you've got any more big positives you want to mention um, I, I think this was an overall just a fun movie like it, it, it had they they kind of were just you could tell the actors were having fun and the story was actually pretty fun although predictable um, and this is why I, I think I kind of knew you were not going to like this as much as I did, because the one I would compare it to is Central Intelligence. Uh, I would compare this movie to Central Intelligence because it's not necessarily really funny, but it's got a decent enough story and a fun enough story that I was just having fun with it the entire time, and I was enjoying it.
1: Um, I'll agree with you there. It's just... I don't know what's up with the marketing this year, man. I mean, the marketing is just, it, it just sells you on something and it's completely different. Mm-hmm. I don't mind the fun buddy cop movie. Just don't sell me on the fact that it's completely comedy. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, right. or, 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 you know, get smart was, I think is a great, funny spy movie, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but it's just, they, they sell me on this advertisement that's supposed to be a hilarious spy comedy. And it's not, it's just an adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is fine. I didn't have a problem with that. You know what I mean? But if you're selling me on something, I expect that. And that's where this movie really disappoints me. I do think that the movie was fun. And there are definitely some comedic moments in this. But it's just, you know, based on what it was advertising, I am disappointed that that that, that is not what I got.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, So is that your big negative? Just that it wasn't as funny as you wanted it to be?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, it's just, it's don't. uh, Hollywood, man, stop advertising us on a film. That's not supposed to be what it is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you want it to be, like, an adventurous-type movie, okay, make make an advertisement on that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It, this, it, this It's not like this was a horrific movie. Yeah. It was actually pretty decent. Um, but, you know, if you're going to sell me on, a, a, on a just one specific mm-hmm. genre, I'm going to leave the theater disappointed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
0: I think that's – again, that's fair because – uh, and that kind of maybe just led into your expectations and maybe you had higher expectations for this and it just let you down or different expectations for it and it let you down. Um, to me, my problem with the advertising, and this is actually, I don't know what this means to the movie, but either way, it's not good, is the fact that the trailers gave away basically the entire movie. It shows you beat by beat what is going to happen in the movie. And I thought that ever since the first time I saw the trailer, I was like, I basically just saw the entire movie. And I was basically proven right. You don't really, like, it. you see everything coming. And I. the one thing, I don't know if that's because just the movie is predictable beat by beat. Like, as a whole, or the advertising gave it all away, I can't really draw the line, and maybe maybe they showed it all in the trailer so that you can't say, "Oh, it was predictable, well, because they showed it on the trailer. I, I don't know, it was just weird. um, I didn't like that they gave it all away, and it kind of made the movie feel like I said really predictable, and that does yeah help. I mean,
1: yeah i I completely agree with you there. um, just a negative that I have with the story mm-hmm. is I just don't understand why. Isla Fish's character was so, you know, invested in stalking these people. It was never really explained, just because she thinks that they're weird or something, you know what I mean? But it's just, she has, like, this thing where she's just like, they're too happy, you have to go spy on them. Mm-hmm. So,
0: I just think that was really just, like, lazy script writing, to be honest. To me, the laziest part of the movie was the finale. I just didn't think that it really worked. It was, It just became kind of cheesy and... I don't know. The comedy didn't work. The action didn't work. Nothing totally worked. And it just felt not in balance. I don't know. The finale just did not sit well with me.
1: I I can agree with that.
0: Um, Do you you have any more negatives? Any more major (laughs) negatives? We're trying to get through these as quick as possible so that we can... The last
1: thing I'm going to get through is just the snake. Like, where they're in the... Where they're in the... The the, the
0: Chinese restaurant thing.
1: Restaurant? Yeah. That snake looked horrible oh but i don't know like i was just sitting there i'm just like because it took me out of the movie i'm just like really yeah come on man i, I mean guess. i know that's that's just like i know that's just a small thing but this is it's just something that bothers <laughs> me if i notice it i have to say it, and yeah it's just, i I'm guess that's, like I, come I, on i, man. I respect I
0: just, that but to like, me that was the funniest part of the movie so especially especially like it.
1: especially when they zoomed in on it i'm just like bruh <laughs>
0: come on man like yeah. Make it realistic, but okay. (laughs) All right, what's your rating for this movie, man? Give it a 5.9. Okay, Um, we're not too far off. A little bit different in ranges, but we're not too far off. I'm at a 6.3 for this movie. I honestly, I was surprised that, that I didn't dislike it more than I did. I actually ended up thinking it's okay, and I wouldn't like... If there's nothing else in the theater that you haven't seen and you want to go to a movie, I wouldn't say don't go see this movie. I think it's worth seeing, so i don't know i i did have fun with it at times so that's that all right you want to move on to ouija origin of evil let's do it all right we both of us i believe have not seen the original because it got such horrible reviews and it was before we committed ourselves to basically see everything in theaters um well not everything as you know from the one omission of the major releases this week um but uh I don't know this this is a weird one because I didn't have high expectations for it before I saw the first trailer I saw the first trailer had decently high expectations for it then the second trailer came out didn't have high expectations for it and then the movie's reviews started coming out and I was like oh it's getting pretty good reviews and it ended up just being again okay so I don't know I had a weird experience with this movie what did you think of it?
1: Was, uh, I thought this movie was good. I don't think it's it's something that's gonna be standing out um yeah. as like one of the best horror films of the decade or anything like that. But oh, I do no. think it was a pretty decent um horror movie. I, I'm gonna start with the girl who plays Doris, Lulu Wilson. I think she does a fantastic job in the movie. Really? I think I do dude, I do. Um I think she does a pretty good job. Um I really you know, she's at first I understand, like I could maybe understand where you're coming from because she's kind of like this, you know, little girl who's kind of oblivious and stuff like that. But just the way that she turns, sort of dark and everything, I sure I do like how she, she portrayed it uh, when she got possessed and stuff like that. I do think that she did a pretty good job at really portraying that. She really she was one of the people that really stood out to me honestly in the movie.
0: Um, yeah, I I thought there were times when she was great. But then there were times when I was like, I, her, I don't know the way she was directed, what happened. But it was just, for me, it didn't work. I thought it was kind of, her performance was a little just unbelievable and maybe a little cheesy or over the top or something. I don't know. There were times when I was just like, I can't tell if I like what you're doing or not. Um, But I, I get it because, like I said, I'm kind of on the fence. Like, I couldn't tell if I liked it or didn't. So, uh, but uh, to me... It's, I don't know if it would be a standout at all for me, but I I think that's fair. Miles is over here agreeing with you. So, hey, and that's uh, not something that happens very often around here. (laughs) So that's a good thing. Maybe I'm just in the minority on that one. Um, Another positive I had was overall, I think the mythology that they set up was actually pretty interesting. I don't think they necessarily explained it well at the end, and we'll get into that in our negatives, but... Um, when they were explaining it at the beginning and just the overall story was actually pretty cool. And I think this, it was a great idea, great idea to make it a period piece. That was really interesting. It was kind of, um, a cool way of doing it and made it more, it made it feel more like a conjuring movie, which, um, I, I really did like, um, that there was also some great tension in this movie as well. And I think that's what you really have to do with these horror movies. We've had our huge discussion on what makes good horror. And I think at times this really hit the nail on the head. There were times when it fell back onto kind of traditional or modern, traditional modern, I guess you would say horror tropes. Um, and I didn't like that as well as much, but um, there were there were some really good moments, especially early in the film. I thought the first half works a lot better than the second half.
1: Um, one of the one of the positives that I have, I think that the think Alice and Lena, who Alice is the mother, who's played by Elizabeth Rose okay. uh, Reaser, and yeah. uh, Lena, who's played by an. And Elise Basso, I think they had great chemistry as, as mother and daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, you can definitely see that, you know, they. they I mean, they've gone through a lot, and you're, you'll see it in the film that they've that this family has, has, has sort of especially gone through a lot. And that um, Lena has, has really, you know, has had to take on you know a bigger a bigger role in, in her family. So you definitely see that her mom really respects her, and I, I do think that they have great chemistry. All like th- those two women. Um, uh, she, Annalise Basso. She was actually in um, Captain Fantastic, so that was the first time I ever seen her do something. And seeing her here, I think she did a fantastic job right. again. Yeah, I, I, I remember a, her. You're
0: right. Yeah, wow. I think.
1: Yeah, I think she did a great job in this movie. Um, I'm I I'd like to see her more stuff because I think she did a great job. Like I said, mm-hmm. um, Father Tom, played by Henry Thomas, is also what uh, also does a great job in the movie. And I I do like the fact that you know seeing him. Seeing Father Tom talk with Elise on on how you know they deal, how they cope with with loss, and and, and definitely discussing their beliefs and, yes. and how to help someone. Yeah. Uh, definitely, there is a scene where they sit down and they discuss it, and I think that is very interesting um and how they how they do that and and um i'm glad you brought that up yeah i think that that is just a fantastic uh you know sort of way and how to really bring in two sides on the equal and and, and, and enable and evil equal sp- spectrum yeah so i do like that um That that aspect of it. I thought that was actually very interesting to see both sides of it.
0: Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with you. I thought this movie had actually pretty decent and deep um, kind of things to say, like it had um, some interesting themes about um, loss and um, grief. Um, And how would they deal with that? And kind of denial, like, because basically what happens is the mom is doing this entire scam with her daughters. Or it's not really a scam because she thinks she's helping people, but it's really a scam. Um, And she, and then when real things start to happen, she is just so accepting of it. And it's just really interesting that she doesn't want to believe that she is being conned, even though she should know she's being conned. Because... She's been conning people basically her entire life. And I really did like that and that kind of dichotomy and that character um and throughout the entire movie. Um So I'm glad you brought that up. You want to move to our negatives? Sure, man. All right. Um, oof, my negatives. Like I said, the ending did not work at really all. Um, they kind of, it gets really confused and it, they don't explain things well. There's some, there's a couple of points where they just have exposition dumps and it's just not done smoothly at all. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, the ending was sort of, uh, I was very confused by the ending myself if, uh, agreed because it, it, um we're not going to get into spoilers but I mean it was very confusing um at the ending I I, I think that the trans- in, in the beginning I think that the transformation of Doris was actually pretty rushed. Exactly. Um that's something I had a major problem with in the beginning because it was just like you know it it, it just like she automatically like it automatically just happened like there's no mm. explanation as to what like, why or how They chose like it's like why they specifically
0: chose Doris and it's just You know, I I um, agree to an extent i be I do think that it was unique the way they kind of showed that because a lot of the times in these movies It just happens kind of I guess slowly and you don't really know what's going on You know something weird is going on this was a little more explicit how they showed it and I did Think that that was cool because it was a different way of doing it, but I can get why you would say it was rushed. So, um, what, do you have any other negatives? Um, just the fact that the
1: sort of the I don't know what the heck they were—they were either demons or ghosts or, or a mixture of both—but mm-hmm. I just don't like how they looked. Okay. Um, yeah, sure. I, just, I just had a problem with the way that they looked. I mean, they—they were—they were overall decent. I just think they should have been worked on just a tad bit more
0: um was kind of vanilla there wasn't much detail to them at all
1: so yeah it was just it was it was all right but i mean i just think that if there was a little bit more detail um i think that we probably would have been uh i think that the story would have added more um if we would have gotten those
0: sort of characters yeah um my last negative and i don't again this is something like doris where i don't know if this is fully a negative or not the cinematography, there's moments where it was really good and like they, they had uh, some cool shots where I was like, whoa, like I, I'm really, that was an interesting idea that they had there. And then there's moments where they framed it really weird, like where they would zoom in on Doris's face and something would be happening in the background and I'm just like, uh, like it, it, but it was just off center. So it just did. I didn't like the way they framed some of these shots. It's and probably
1: just the way that it was framed, man. I think because I think she did a fantastic job. No, I, I, yeah, I, I'm
0: not saying that. I'm not even talking about Doris right now. I'm just talking about the cinematography and some of the framing that they used. But yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything else, or you want to score this movie?
1: Let's just score this movie, man. What do you
0: rate it? All right, I am at a six point nine out of ten. Okay, I'm um, actually yeah, I'm actually at a solid seven. Oh, okay. uh, well, at least we're yeah. pretty much right there um, on the same page on this one. Yeah, so. I
1: mean, I, I'm at a solid seven. I mean, this is I mean, it's not the best horror film of the year, definitely, but it's oh, definitely no. a pretty good one. Um, it's not and this was not a disappointment. Um, I think I think for the first I think the first time we saw this trailer, um, we were actually interested in seeing this movie. Oh yeah. So um, it's not a disappointment for at least for me, uh, and
0: yeah, yeah. I do think that you guys should give it a watch. It, it's interesting because. This might sound weird for me to say, but it's not as bad as I feared that it would be. And it's not as good as I wanted it to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's really, I, I don't know. That's why I'm kind of stuck in the middle. I don't know how to feel about it. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting. It's definitely interesting. All right. Let's move on to our Westworld recap. So, this is your official spoiler warning. If you have not seen episode four of Westworld, then you might want to check out or fast forward to the recap that you want to get to the one after this will be walking dead and then the one at the end will be star wars rebels we will have the time codes in the description for you there so spoiler warning this is your last chance now we have spoilers um what did you think of this episode of westworld ozzy
1: i think it was another great one man um Definitely seeing um, the, definitely seeing the the man in uh, man in black is always yeah, great. Man. I know you um, wanted to
0: start with the man in black because you knew what I was going to do here.
1: Ed Harris, <laughs> man, he just he just brings it to the screen. I am loving seeing him so far, man. He is just fantastic. Definitely a positive in this show. Um, he just brings it, man. I I, I love this guy. <laughs> like he's he is a force to be reckoned with, though. Um, but he. He, I don't know what he's playing, man, but he's definitely definitely us to be wrecking with. Uh,
0: the reason, the real reason Ozzy brought this up is because <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Ozzy. Is because he may, I'm not going to say yes, that is definitely true, but he may have called it blindly. There's a pure luck that he called that maybe the man in black is our quote unquote protagonist or anti-hero here. Because... There is an interesting line of dialogue in this episode where he is talking about Arnold and how he knows Arnold is interesting. That's something else I want to get into. How does he know Arnold? Why does he seem to have so much control in Westworld right now? But he was talking to, um, what's that one um, host name that's with him right now? I can't remember. He was talking to, I have the host name right here. Give me one second. He is talking to Lawrence. Yes, Lawrence. That's who it was. He was talking to Lawrence, and he was saying um, that he was basically saying, "I kind, I want to set you free." And that's what it seemed. That's what it seemed to be getting at the entire episode is that maybe he is trying to, and he says something to the same effect earlier, where because Lawrence, or uh, sorry, not Lawrence, um, Arnold. We already know that Arnold basically had this idea of having, um, the host be sentient, have, have, um, a conscious or uh, be aware. And he seems to be wanting to kind of, uh, get, add to Arnold's legacy or keep Arnold's legacy, fulfill it. So it's interesting that he wants to do what Arnold wanted to do. And I don't know, they really and he's looking for the maze and then Bernard sends Dolores looking for the maze and he's seemingly sending her to look to be free quote unquote. So what is this maze, man? That's what I'm really interested in right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's looking (sighs) like, it's looking like the man in black knows that the hosts aren't real, but he wants to make them, he, but he wants to make them sentient as well. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think he's really sacrificing a lot of what, like, a lot of, I don't know if I would go a that lot far. of them. I mean, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, because we see, we see that he didn't rape Dolores. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, he um, did. No, oh, he did not He did in the first episode. Are you kidding me? Yes, they he... kind of replayed it and w- what happened, man. What are you talking about?
0: No, he did in the first episode, and then that second time where she kind of remembered the Man in Black, and de- that's what she defended herself. And then that next time she was about to get raped.
1: I think that he was just trying to get information on of her, to be honest with you. But, I mean, hey, I, this
0: is me. I could be an idiot. I could be an idiot. I'll flattenly say that. But whatever. <laughs> um, hey, you are proven maybe right last time we thought you were an idiot. So, we'll see.
1: Um, <laughs> but anyways, no, man. I, I do think that he does a lot of the stuff that he does to get the information to make people, to make these things go free. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I do think that if he... Is an Arlo- Arnold side that he's that he's um, definitely going to be an, an antagonist, um, or not an antagonist, but sort of yeah. like an antihero, just yeah. because of the fact of what he does to them mm-hmm. is is horrific. Yeah, but we see why he does the things that he yeah. does. And
0: ultimately, if this is <laughs> if he's being truthful right now, he has the same goals that basically we have as viewers, because we want Dolores to be able to think for herself and be free. And that's what he seemingly wants. He wants to free them. And it might not be for the best reasons, because I do ultimately think what he's trying to do is add stakes to the game. He wants to, quote unquote, unlock a deeper level to the game, right? Because I think if he, I think in his mind, if he can give the host free will, then they can maybe kill him and it makes it more dangerous it adds stakes it adds another level of realism and that's what he's looking for so he might have the same goals as we do as viewers and um even our protagonist dolores at uh, the same goals that she has but it's for not good reasons so that would make him prop basically by definition an anti-hero so it's interesting Um, anyway, let's move on from the man in black here. We've been talking about him for a while and let's talk about, um, Maeve because Dolores seems to be the most emotionally developed of the hosts. Like she kind of, she's feeling the most, she knows what she wants and she knows that something's wrong. But Maeve, I think Maeve knows the most. She's the most intellectually developed because she has figured out that, that she's basically resetting. She's figured out that there are people who sew her up and fix her. And she's figured out that there was a bullet locked inside of her. And she's able to get it out. Um, and I thought that that scene where she draws the person who is fixing her. And then goes to hide it away. And realizes that she has been drawing that over and over again. And that she doesn't remember any of this. I thought that was brilliant. It kind of blew me away when I first saw it. What did you think of that scene? Um, and I thought it was a very...
1: I thought that was a very interesting scene and it's such mind blowing and it's so mind blowing because um, she, you can tell that she's very scared because the fact that she's known this, Mm -hmm. but the fact that she keeps forgetting it at the same time, that's very scary. Um, So she's scared because she doesn't know where she's at with this information. She doesn't know who she can really go to with this information Mm -hmm. and she doesn't know if she's being watched. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, Mave is just, is becoming such a well-developed character on the show. Oh,
0: you and- know what? Mm-hmm. Dude, I just thought of something. So basically, <laughs> Maeve's storyline is, an is moment, memento, Christopher Nolan's memento every week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's, she's remembering and like, she has to figure out what she already knows every, like, it's just, that's great. I'm um, sorry. I just had that like little revelation in my head. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Mavis just, she's quickly becoming one of the most interesting characters on the show, just because she knows so much, and I don't know if she knows how close she is to kind of putting some of these pieces together. Um, do you think that now that she's found the bullet, maybe she'll, something clicked and she'll be able to remember? Um, maybe.
1: I just, I just think that she's gonna, I mean, she dies again, yeah. obviously, at the end of the episode. Yeah. So I think she's gonna start remembering a lot a lot more and of, maybe faster. Things. Yeah. But she's going to have a problem because we we do have the people that are watching her loop. So yeah. if she goes out of it, they're going to have to remove her.
0: Yeah.
1: Um so I do think that she has to be careful, but I, I but I do think that she's going to start to realize that quickly because mm-hmm. there are they're watching everywhere. So
0: um I'm really interested to see how that goes with with her. Yeah. It, it's Interesting. And there's, um, let's real quick, we're going to, this will probably be the last topic of this episode we're going to talk about. There's so much more we could talk about, but I know you guys need to get to your walking dead thing. And I want to give you a decent amount of time to talk about that because I know it was a big episode. Um, William, there is the major theory going around. If you do not know the big theory on the internet is that William is the man in black and we're watching two different timelines right now. I don't think that works because of some of the things we've seen, some of the character interactions we've seen. I just don't think it works. But I do think that they're going to have, I do think that there's, it's a possibility that there's some weird time thing going on where we're watching two different timelines at some point in the show and they're going to drop that knowledge on us and it's going to blow our minds. I think that's coming. I don't know how it's going to work and I don't think William is the man in black, but I did find it interesting that William or or William's friend Logan especially seems to be uh, ma- like a shareholder or something in Westworld because he was talking about this was a business trip and Williams was like William was like I don't know I didn't know that this was a business trip so that was really interesting um, I'm interested to see where William and Dolores go um, from here um, maybe they're going to the same place as the man in black and I don't um, I don't
1: think I don't think it's from two different timelines at all man I think I think um, it's possible but. Uh, I, I don't think so, man. I mean, that just—it's uh, sort of already confusing as it is. So to, just to drop that—I mean, I'm not saying it's super confusing, but to just drop the whole thing as it is would be another confusing thing for viewers. Yeah. Um. So I don't think I don't think they want to complicate the story as much as it as much as it, as it already is. Um. So I don't think. I mean, sure, I'll give it like a you know thirty percent possibility, but it's not something that I'm going to blatantly say.
0: I 100% think like this is the truth. Um, but you want to hear the reason I think that it's possible? Sure, go ahead. Okay, the reason I think it's possible is because of this whole Wyatt thing. Um, we What's the main guy who's in charge of the. Anthony Hopkins character, what's his name? His name is. I can't remember. His Dr. Name. Robert Ford. Ford, yes. Okay, so Ford's is introducing this new storyline that his, um, story in the ups in this show overall has been, he is creating this new storyline and the shareholders are not happy because or the board's not happy because he's interrupting a bunch of things and it's being really disruptive, his new narrative that he's introducing. Right. And the new narrative has something to do with Wyatt, this Wyatt character. And we saw that last week when he kind of changed Teddy's directives and said that his mission was to get Wyatt. And then we find out that um, Wyatt has something to do with the maze. So Wyatt's somebody who's been there for a long time, and the maze is something that's connected to Arnold somehow. So if, but why is Ford introducing something, quote unquote, a, a new narrative that has something to do with a character? In, or our host in the park who has been obviously been there for a long time because he has something to do with this maze, which has something to do with Arnold, who was there at the beginning. It's just, I, I think there's, and there's some connective tissue where there's, there's some big reveal coming. And I think it's a possibility that it has something to do with us watching two different time periods right now. They're definitely setting be up for extremely some. Extremely confusing
1: because I mean I'm still kind of confusing what you said. Not and, trying yeah, to make any Yeah, conflict. I know. I
0: just I'm not good at explain. Like um, I'm, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's possible. Anyway, um, I mean it would just be extremely confusing because I I and I personally
1: I would be upset because I feel like they would have needed to have explained all that. Um, yeah. So I would have been upset. Like I will be upset if that is the case because. It's not okay. like I'm not okay with that. But I mean, hey, if it is it is what it is, if that's what it is, um, I'll get over it. Um,
0: I, I just I, I think there's a reveal coming. That's my biggest point here. I think that there I is a reveal, reveal
1: coming. coming. I think there is a reveal coming, but it's not something where it's like I just don't think it's time travel. I just well, don't. I'm not saying it's
0: time travel. I'm not, just time, saying yeah. not
1: time travel, but like t- different timelines. Yeah. I just don't think I just don't think okay. that would be it. Fair enough. Um, it's just. Like I'm trying to I'm still trying to wrap my head around like what you're saying and I'm just like I just it's so confusing as it is uh like it it would be extremely confusing at least for me again yeah. it could be stupid um it would be just confusing for me to just even wrap my head like just wrap my head around that and just understand it but um yeah man I I think that William and Logan um are definitely going to have major issues oh, yeah. major issues cuz Logan does not
0: care. And mm. I don't like Logan.
1: That's not okay. an issue though. Yeah. That's not
0: an issue. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe the reveal is something to do with somebody that we know and think is human being a host. I, I think Bernard is a prime candidate for that. I, I think it's possible he could be a host, but that's another theory I have. Um, Call me crazy. But anyway, all right. You have any final thoughts on this episode or do you want to send it over to the walking dead recap?
1: Just real quick, I would like to I would like to just mention that Doctor Ford. I am starting really not to like this guy. <laughs> um, he is so intimidating, is though. So intimidating, and he is literally all knowing at this point. Like we've re- like we you see that Bernard's relationship with Teresa. Um, that is something that is now compromised because of because of Doctor Ford. That mm-hmm. was like a very secretive relationship, and the fact that he knows that. Another reason I think Bernard might
0: be a host. Um,
1: um it, it, it's just extremely crazy just just seeing that and, and everything. But um, I don't necessarily I don't think he's a host, man. I mean, you saw him Skype with his wife, but I could be again, I could be wrong. But um, it's just crazy just seeing that um, you know, Doctor Ford knows everything, yeah. and the fact that he does not care what the board thinks. That's another thing, you know, at the end of the day, he's like, I made these things. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. Mm-hmm. So get the hell out of my way. So very intimidating. Very, very crazy guy. Um, I just can't wait to see the dialogue that the man in black has with him. Yeah, uh, because that I that's going to be interesting.
0: All right. Um, OK, so one thing move before we move on to our Walking Dead recap. Um, this is going to be a little bit different of an episode because for The Walking Dead recaps, generally I'm not going to be on because I don't watch The Walking Dead. I will talk about maybe I'll be watching it soon, but I don't watch it as of now. So I'm not going to be on those segments. So what we're going to do is I'm going to send it over to Ozzy, Miles, and my brother Enrique, who is a production assistant for Screenfellows, and they are going to be recapping The Walking Dead from there they will send it to our rebels recap so i know it's a little bit confusing here but it should work out pretty well and also we will make sure um to do our social media because i signed out from the rebels recap but social media will be done in the walking dead at the end of the walking dead recap because i forgot to do it in social media or do it in um rebels my bad so they'll do that from there as well all right ozzy we are going to be sending it over to the Walking Dead recap.
2: Shut up and sit down. All
1: right, guys. This is officially spoiler warning for the season premiere of the Walking Dead season seven. I'll give you guys a few seconds. Five, four, three. Two, one. So we have two guests on today. Um, st- starting first, we have our head of video content, Miles. Hello. And then we also have a production assistant, Enrique. Yes. Enrique, <laughs> how you doing, guys? <laughs> um, guys, this was a very, very emotional episode of <laughs> The Walking Dead. Um, arguably, at least for me, it is. I'm just gonna boldly say this is. The most emotional premiere I've ever seen on any show Damn. any show I've seen, and it is just it is crazy um I'm gonna start off with miles miles what do you think about this episode man how how do you how are you reacting to it? you
3: know what I'm just gonna cut to the chase here. I think this may have been personally my favorite episode of The Walking Dead so far. Easily what? in the last couple seasons, because personally, I've had sort of this high and low relationship where there will be an amazing episode, uh, and then I'd kind of lose interest, and then i catch up because there's another amazing episode that I hear about, but this one, just everything about it came together so well. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is Negan is just, and we'll get into that probably more, he is just, he's already an iconic villain in my mind. While he's insane and eccentric, he's still so controlled and masculine in such a way that I haven't seen before. He will do anything to, to show how insane he is and to show how in control he is of the group and this episode is heartbreaking, it is horrific, like some of the most horrific things I have seen just in general. It's crazy. Uh But yeah, I love the episode.
1: Enrique, what about you,
4: man? Ladies and gentlemen, this is why we spent <laughs> so long on this stupid farm. Because oh character development makes it hurt so much worse. True. All the characters in this episode, everything was just great in this episode. I loved it. The deaths, I think we'll <laughs> get in this like a little bit later, but mm. it was it was alright. Like I wasn't too too like taken out of it. I feel like Glenn when that happened, that really shocked me because I don't think anyone really expected them to go with two deaths. But right. I understand Negan, and I hate him at the same time. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, yeah.
1: we, we everybody was just guessing one guess, but we were completely – this was just, like a, just a major twist, Um, especially if you follow the comics. um, You know, Glenn dies by Negan's hand. But, you know, we, we first see that Abraham took the hit. Everybody was like, damn, we lost Abraham. And, and then Daryl just, you know, he just punched the crap out of Negan. And Negan's just like, told you all. And then he just decided to just – Tear yeah. the, just beat the crap out of Glenn. Um, this I'm just gonna say this man, Negan has some guts, man. Negan <laughs> just has some major, major guts. Um, that I've I've honestly I haven't seen like this guy. He he literally does what he sets to do. Um, and he is just so menacing. You just do not want to be in this guy's um path. I mean, this guy he he does keep his promises um he does not care who gets who gets hurt by lucille he'll take you you know you're going out either way and this episode i'm just gonna go ahead and say i i don't have a problem with the cliffhanger of last season i think really no like i yes there is problems that i have with it but it's just introducing negan and that Mm -hmm. way is such that made me extremely like negan and really respect him as as a character and also as a villain um Mm -hmm that nine to 10 minute monologue that he, had oh in, my in gosh. that he had with with Rick and the whole entire group, you're just seeing him really take charge uh, of everything. And um, you're just, Rick was an extremely arrogant, he's just become extremely arrogant um, because he thinks that he knows it all. And just seeing him just completely break down um. Just break down completely. That is just so crazy, so crazy. Um, guys, do you, how do you think that? How do you think the group is going to really carry on? And 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 do you think that? And do you think that they can actually you know overcome this death? Uh, I, that they, Oh my that gosh. They lost? What? Do you think that they can overcome um the the two losses that they had?
3: Yeah. This is an interesting place for the group because we've seen and a lot of people have been. Complaining about how repetitive this show could be. But personally, like, they're in this place that Rick, as a group, they haven't been here before. Where Rick is meeting someone who completely controls him. Like the scene where uh, Negan wants Rick to cut his own son's hand off or he will kill him. Rick has never been in a place of complete desperation, and honestly, I think at first Rick isn't going to try to retaliate, because he has seen what Negan will do, and I don't think he'll do anything that'll get his son hurt, and honestly, it's going to be kind of hard to see. uh, How long they'll continue with that arc, I don't know, but it'll be interesting. Carlos, what do you think? Mina Marika, sorry, Marika, what do you think? <laughs> the group is going to be very
4: damaged, like, yeah. especially because I feel like Glenn's death was sort of Daryl's fault. And I wonder if Maggie will mm. forgive Daryl for that
1: mistake. Yeah, I completely agree there. Um, I think I, I mean, I, I do think that Maggie will forgive Daryl. I just don't think Daryl will be able to forgive himself. Um, Daryl is sort of a loose cannon. And I think this is one of the times where he realizes that his actions do have consequences. Um, this is someone who is very, this was someone who was close to Glenn. Um, that just, you know, and that's his death is on his hands now. Um, so I do think that's, that's going to be tough for Daryl to really recover from personally. Rick, um, just seeing him, just seeing him in complete desperation. He has not been put. He he was put in such a tight spot when Negan said, "You have three seconds t- till you start chopping off your son's arm Crazy. off, or else I'm gonna start beating the crap out of everybody here." Like, do you want to see everybody else die? And I was just shocked because Negan will do it, and the fact that he showed Rick mercy was was crazy um it was i do think rick is, is gonna get back on his feet though I, I do think that he's gonna get his sense of, of of rebellion it's just right now it's just such a such a big hit on on the on the group uh it, w- it was crazy just seeing this this season premiere um my goodness um guys do you what do you think um what do you th- what are your predictions for this season coming up Ooh. enrique enrique i'll start with you what do you think
4: i wa- i think maggie's baby's gonna make it you think i, I baby's think gonna make it. her baby's gonna make it but it's a close call because we already have rick's kid and she's a baby so i don't know if they already want to introduce two really young kids that would take a long time for them to age up to like actually do anything with
1: uh-huh.
4: but yeah i feel like negan is going to be in control for most of the season in even maybe other seasons like I feel like we're going to see more kingdom stuff next episode and maybe that will affect some more stuff. But overall, I feel like Negan like really understands everybody and he's very well at like psychologically figuring everybody out and pushing Rick's buttons in a certain way. Okay. All right, Miles, what what about you?
3: Yeah, well, it's interesting because this show, like, whether you love the show or don't like it, I think it's pretty much agreed that this show has this thing where it'll have this completely amazing, like, season premiere, and then it'll kind of take its time, slow down, and some would say that it would get boring. So the last thing I would want is that they wait too long on the storyline that's going on, don't get me wrong, I don't want them to kill Negan this season. I think he's such a great villain that they should really hold on to him and let that really pay off at that moment. But I think this group needs to retaliate in some way to show... Uh, either they could show that the group is still capable or show even more so and repeat again how insane Negan is. And I would be interested to see the group try to fight back in some way, and maybe lose that fight, uh, lose again. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, it's crazy because how many characters can you kill off? I don't know. But yeah, it's it's yeah, really hard I mean, to say. I hope it doesn't. I hope the season doesn't drag. I keep, I hope they keep moving the plot
1: forward. Agreed with you there, man. Uh- I don't think that this. I don't think that he's gonna have the power that he has for just a few seasons. I think that'll be too long of a storyline. Oh yeah. Um, and I think I think that that'd be extremely slow paced on on characterization. What I do think, and what I do hope for, is that they do have a season finale where the group does retaliate Mm -hmm. and they take over and they show Negan that they are still a family and that they can accomplish anything together. Um, Negan is definitely their new mountain. Um, so I would love to see them you know in the beginning really really you know be scared of Negan and really you know still bear that loss, you know, but I would love to also see them retaliate at the end of the season, like you said I mean it would be fantastic also to see them really come back on top, but I do think that when they do come back on top because i I, I have faith that they will mm-hmm. um I would love to see a more wise Rick, you know right. what I'm saying because you know, we lost Abraham and Abraham was very, he was, he was a very good, he was a very good, um, a very good character. He, he was very strategic, you know, he had military experience. Um, he has experience. had some weaponry, he knows how to fight, knows how to hold his own. So I think that it's definitely a big hit losing him. Yeah. We lost Glenn cause Daryl is captured too.
3: I mean, that's yeah, a Darryl, big loss.
1: That, that Daryl's captured as well. Like you said, and it, it's just, you know, we, we're in this place right now where, you know, the group is very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, really, really getting into it, you know, post Negan, um, I would really like to see Rick not be so arrogant because that was his biggest mistake last season is just being this, this arrogant leader. You know, he, he took care of the governor. They took care of, this, uh, of, the, ter- of the people from Terminus. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I hope that he really just realizes that, you know, hey, There's always a bigger fish out there in the water. You know what I'm saying? And I think that'd be really interesting to see him sort of carry on um, from this point.
4: I want Rick to lose a hand this season.
1: Really? I want Rick to lose a hand?
4: (laughs) Because in the comics, he, like, loses a hand pretty quickly. I think because of the governor. And they haven't wanted to do it recently because special effects. Like, that would take, like, a lot of CG to just remove his hand every episode. But I think now they might have the budget, and that might, like...
1: Yeah, I mean that was a big theory. This episode is that Rick was going to lose a hand, um, because of the acts and just. It was. Close. I was just. Yeah, I'm just like, holy crap, man! Rick might lose like his hand, and I was, I was scared for him because I, I was like, damn it, man! Gonna, we lost two people and a hand, man. Yeah. <laughs> this, this would be this would be bad. That'd um, be
3: insane. One thing that is going to be interesting for me because this episode. I mean The Walking Dead is known for its gore and its shock value, but this episode really took this it to another level, which for me wasn't a problem because of it show it was like a physical incarnation of how zero walls, zero barriers Negan is a, as a villain. But I wonder how are they going to follow something like this? Uh is this going to be like this violence this level of grossness? I hope I don't have to sit through this like several times,
1: but we'll see. Yeah, man. I mean, they do tell you (laughs) in the beginning of this whole viewer discretion advice. And I've been reading. I've been reading all over Facebook that people are pissed off about how gruesome it was or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just like, come on, man. We've seen (laughs) Rick. We've seen Rick literally (laughs) bite someone's like bite a chunk of someone's neck off. You've seen him. We've seen him freaking put an axe in someone's head. But it was Glenn. His, I know, but eyes popping out. I know that no, was that's, disgusting. That's why I think people are upset, just because it's Glenn. Because at this point, True. like I think the most gruesome Walker kill that I've seen was when the Governor like had like he just got like this bone or whatever, and he put it in the in this Walker's mouth, and he just started tearing his skull open with it. I'm just like, that's gruesome as heck, man. That's really bad. So. Um, I think people just need to get over the whole gruesome thing. I mean, yes, I don't want to see something like this again. I mean, I'm just like, I don't want to see an eyeball popping out. I just, just I'm not interested in that, but I just think people <laughs> need to like relax. Okay. Those of us who have uh, been here, seen things like this before on the walking dead guys, we've seen, we've seen a lot in the I show. We should to take this man.
3: I get um, it though. Cause I would recommend the walking dead to people up to this point. But, like, because it's a character you get so attached to, Glenn, he was one of my favorite characters. He's gone through so much. And I don't know if I could recommend The Walking Dead to everyone anymore. Because even though it's something you've seen with zombies and with random... Sometimes with random people, but mostly with walkers. I don't know. This is... it. I don't know. I would understand the feedback of hatred about that part. But I also know what you're saying.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, this episode was just crazy, and Insane. I just feel extremely—if it's someone, I feel extremely bad for it—is Maggie, man. Oh, oh
3: my
1: god! I mean, Maggie has lost her home, has Everything. lost her family, has seen her dad get beheaded. You know, she got teased <laughs> that her sister was alive, only to you know, you know, see her sister's body being carried carried out by Daryl, and now. She's watched the love of her life, the father of her child, get in, beaten to death by a wired bat called Lucia. I mean, this is just—I feel so bad for her. Yeah. I've never felt w- like extremely bad for like I've never felt this bad for a character before mm-hmm. in my life. Like, gosh, yeah. man, she has just gone through so much, and she's going to her-
3: become crazy. She has yeah. every right to become crazy. Too. Yeah,
1: I think I think this is going to make her strong, man. I think really, I think I've, yes, because I think after all this because she's the only one who's who got up because everybody is just left in complete shock i mean you could argue that rick and michonne and daryl are arguably the strongest uh, the, literally arguably the strongest characters alive but she was the one that got up and said go back we have to take them on and Man. that just shows her character that she is she is ready to kill negan at this point um i I think that she is i think that she's going to become a very strong character on on the show definitely um it it is just i feel so bad for her man i i knew i i knew that i knew that 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 this is how glenn's death was coming because as soon as i said negan on the show i'm like crap glenn's (laughs) death is coming (laughs) no (laughs) but they shocked me with abraham i'm just okay I, I yeah. hate to see you go Abraham. but Glenn is safe, and then, no, man, they they took out Glenn, and mm-hmm. I honestly thought they were going to give Maggie a break after all she's gone through, but no, yeah. man.
3: They went all out. Really, we uh, should be uh, wrapping up soon. We're kind of hitting that mark of limit for
1: time. Uh, but man. Yeah, guys, um, this was a very emotional episode for The Walking Dead, it guys. Leave us your... Yeah, leave comments below. Let us know what you think about the show. Um, we're going to be bringing this to the star wars rebels recap with carlos and jesse guys so we'll bring it there
2: Welcome to the Rebels Recap. This is Jesse, here with Carlos, as usual.
0: Uh, Yeah, it's good to be back. I think we'll have a good discussion on this episode.
2: Yeah, actual discussion instead of us just talking about events. (laughs) So we have time for that. Let's go ahead and jump into it. So this episode was called The Last Battle. We had... uh, the crew wanting to go and get some kind of bombs, I think like proton bombs or something like that?
0: And I thought it, yeah, it was, I think it was like proton torpedoes or something. I don't remember. I don't think they were torpedoes. Oh, really? Torpedoes, anyway. But yeah,
2: um, so they were going to an old uh, separatist crashed thing mm-hmm. to go get that and. Find a bunch of battle droids there waiting on them.
0: Yeah, that was interesting. It was definitely interesting to hear the Roger Roger again, um, and
2: hearing Ezra's reaction to it, asking who is Roger. Yeah, that was that was funny. Uh, but yeah, it was nice to me. Like they, well, before we get into that, let's go mm-hmm. ahead and just go through the episode. So okay. they, um, fi- they're looking for these proton bombs. They find them, get captured by droids, and meet this uh, one of those like elite. Tactical planning droids. I forget yep. the name of them, um, and he wants to end the Clone War once and for all. Uh,
0: yeah. What did you think about how he wanted to do it? Like with the, basically setting up this game or whatever it was. Like, um, like where basically what they did was he had as Ez- or he had Ezra and Kanan and then Rex obviously, and they had to fight their way through basically an army of battle droids. But it wasn't really an army. There were less of them than normal, obviously. But I don't know. I, I, I think... Let me get into my thoughts about this whole episode. I just think it was kind of like a throwaway episode. It was a filler. I was expecting maybe a little bit more substance out of it. I mean, we get a lot of manufactured substance out of it because of... The, it was almost like they wanted to wrap up Rex's character, which I guess pushed forward, but in all reality it didn't, so I don't know. I agree that it didn't
2: push forward the plot yeah. of the entire season, but I did enjoy the episode as a whole, just mm-hmm. seeing clones, a clone yeah. back in action, and I think it was interesting because the whole thing they were going with was both Rex wanted to, he didn't want to do this because he didn't want to go back to the war, but Yeah this droid wanted to do it because to fulfill his programming, to finally beat the mm-hmm. Republic. And then in the end, Rex admits that he was just wanting to fulfill his programming yeah. too of fighting these droids mm-hmm. and finishing the war. And actually, uh, what happens is, of course, the Empire gets involved. Um, they end up finding the base and uh, sending in a, some AT-ATs and stuff. So the droids and the... Um, Rebels have to work together mm-hmm. uh, using some interesting logic. Of uh, the Republic became the Empire, so yeah. technically the Empire is the um, droids' enemy. Yeah, and then they, the Rebels, of course, are fighting the Empire to begin with, so they're on the same side now.
0: Yeah, it, that's but that's kind of the logic that I had the entire way through. So that's why I was kind of like struggling with this episode because I just felt like it was kind of pointless because. They should be fighting the Empire to begin with. And then when he finally gets there um, and the droid says, like, I accept your logic or something like that, I was like, finally. So, I don't know. Yeah, I'll give you that. I think this was a lot of just calling back old Clone
2: Wars stuff. And like you said, wrapping up Rex's storyline. Because he's going to die. Yeah, I want him to find out who Darth Vader is and have Darth Vader kill him. Because that would just break Rex. And as much as I'd hate to see him get broken, I want to see it.
0: Yeah. Um, I also like how the um, super tactical droid, right, that's yeah, what it was, yeah. um, he, he says that the Rebellion has a or less than 1% chance to win the war. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's great. Yeah, um, he says
2: you have a less than 1% chance of winning a war against the Empire, so this is where we part-rate. Yeah. Part-rate. <laughs> but it was really fun seeing the droids team up to fun- mm-hmm. take down ATATs. Like, we actually see an ATAT foot kind yeah. of crush a droid, and that was just... So much fun.
0: Mm-hmm. And it kind of. One thing it did do was highlight how just desperate and, I don't know, like kind of scrappy the rebellion is at this point, especially because when they're trying to take down the ATAT, um, the super tactical droid goes, I've never tried such a desperate plan <laughs> before. Mm-hmm. And because it was basically like. Which we can get into that plan as a whole in a second, but it was basically like they were shooting at the Jedi who are deflecting them into the, these bombs, or whatever that they originally came to collect and then having them blow up. So, first of all, why did, like, how inaccurate can the droids be that they have to shoot them at the Jedi? The,
2: the whole point of a battle droid was they were cheap, so yeah. you could have a bunch of them and overwhelm.
0: I guess, I guess, yeah, that's, I guess. But, but that
2: is pretty sad that they can shoot at a Jedi, but not this bomb that's almost the size of a person. I,
0: exactly. I don't know. It was just a little frustrating for me. But I don't know.
2: I think a lot of it was just to show off, like, there was a lot of showing off how goofy and silly the droids were. Yeah, that's true. Which I didn't really dislike, because, I mean, mm-hmm. that, it's just, that just makes it fun. Yeah,
0: and they did poke fun at um, Clone Wars a little bit, and poke fun at just the silliness of it at times, so I did appreciate that. Um, I think where we maybe part ways here is this was a very nostalgia-driven episode yeah. when it comes to the Clone Wars and even some prequel stuff, which I'm a decent-sized prequel defender, but I wasn't a huge Clone Wars fan. I like Clone Wars. I like certain parts and sections of Clone Wars, but I don't love it as a whole like you do, I think.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting that... I enjoyed this episode a whole lot because I love the Clone Wars, but I'm less of a prequels defender than you are.
0: Yeah, it's strange. But, I
2: don't know, I, it, it was a lot of Clone Wars nostalgia, yeah. Yeah. even though it's only been over over like, what,
0: two years? Three? Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah. I, I don't know. When did it technically end? I guess it wasn't that long.
2: Three or four years ago now, yeah. actually, because I finished it up my freshman year of college. Oh,
0: wow. Well. Jeez. So... Yeah, that it was. It was an interesting episode. I just, I think it was the first pure filler episode of the season.
2: Definitely. Um,
0: I guess one big or quote unquote big plot element that we did get is we got a replacement for the Phantom, right?
2: Yeah, one of those old Separatist shuttles. Now they have that for the Phantom. Didn't get the bombs because they had to use those to fight the Empire. Yeah. Uh, We got to see um, Callus again. Yep. Uh, he didn't hint towards anything to do with the rebellion, but we can't have him doing that all the time. If he's going to be acting as a sleeper agent, which is still theory, not
0: saying that's true, but I think it's true.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, this week, not a whole lot. Didn't advance the plot. I feel like something big
0: is coming though, because we haven't
2: advanced the plot very much. Just
0: little tiny pieces. True. Um, we should have a big episode coming. We have, it's almost, I don't know. They're kind of. Picking certain characters that they're really diving into, like next week is another um, Sabine Sabine episode, which we already had kind of a Sabine episode when she went undercover um, at the Academy.
2: Yeah, but we haven't had a Sabine episode in a very long time. True. Like in the first two seasons, we barely had any.
0: All right. What, what member of the team, other than Rex, because I think we can both agree on Rex, do you think is most likely to die this season?
2: <laughs> I don't know. Um, the way they're building up Sabine, I could kind of see that. Yeah. But I don't want that to happen. Um, not this soon. I think Hera could die.
0: Ooh. Uh, yeah. Because
2: they've filled her out some more, too. mm mm-hmm. And she's already a fan favorite. That's true. They could just take her out.
0: <sighs> yeah. And that... Uh, That could open up a gate to have her dad more involved in the show, which I think would be interesting.
2: It would break Kanan a little bit, make him more desperate, drive Ezra toward the dark side.
0: Yeah. Um, The whole
2: crew (laughs) would probably break up a little bit. Not completely, but they wouldn't work together nearly as well.
0: All right. What about, this is kind of an underrated one. What about Chopper? No?
2: Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like he could die.
0: He's expendable. He is definitely He's the expendable, most expendable. And
2: I don't I, I, don't know if I wouldn't really miss him that much. I mean, I like Chopper. He's exactly. fun. I think he,
0: he has enough personality that we, there's enough to get attached to that we'd be sad if he goes, but it's not like an integral part of it. So I think it's yeah, possible.
2: Yeah, no. It's not going to affect the crew or the exactly. real plot that much, besides Chopper getting them out of messes all the time. Yeah, true. They could just make up a different reason for that. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I th- Maybe if um, Catalyst becomes more involved and his relationship with Zeb develops a little bit more. Maybe Zeb? I don't know. Yeah. Just, uh, just throwing that out there. Throwing but some ideas out there. We
2: both think that like pretty much everybody has to die. Though. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could see Hera
0: best, maybe surviving. Yeah, best case scenario is one or two of them kind of, quote-unquote, leave the rebellion or find some excuse. And then the rest of them fly off to Alderaan at the end of the show.
2: Oh, that would be... That would be terrible. That's
0: the best case scenario. For yeah, yeah. It That's really just is. how it is. So. Um,
2: but anyway, next week we're getting um, Mandalorians fighting, apparently. Nope. Uh, Sabine is going to go up against some Mandalorians that are fighting for the Empire. I think we're going to see some that are fighting against it, too. Yeah.
0: So I'm really looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Continue to be looking forward to the show, I think. Hopefully we don't have another filler episode, which I don't think it'll be. Especially, I like Sabine, so yeah either even if it's filler it should still be entertaining definitely all right well that was the rebels recap for this week for episode six or is it seven and episode six i believe yeah of star wars rebels season three and this is also the end of the screen podcast so thank you for joining us that on the podcast if you're just watching this on youtube thank you for joining us there um, if you're not watching this on YouTube, make sure you check out our YouTube channel, ScreenFellows on YouTube. Make sure you check that out. And also make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of that. We are always posting content there. And again, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, whatever you prefer. And rate and review the podcast wherever you can because that would help us out a lot. So now for Jesse, myself, and Ozzy, this is ScreenFellows.